0: Welcome to Couch Convo's Centric Biz and Tech Talks. This is John Cackley, and today we are talking with Sean Neven and Steve Drips about the implementation of a security logging framework for Guidewire. In addition, teaming up with me to facilitate the discussion is Narendra Sundaram. All right, good morning. Thanks for joining us today, appreciate your time. How's everyone doing today?
1: Doing great, John.
0: Okay, great. Well, today we're talking about Guidewire and Centric security logging coverage tool for this. Do you call it a tool? Do you call it an add-on? What do you call it?
1: It can Anything? be a little bit of, it can, can fall into either category. It's a bit of a...
2: Yeah, we could go with framework. To framework, that. Yeah. framework. Okay. Yeah, that All right. That sounds good.
0: So just because a lot of times our, our listeners are more general listeners, maybe Sean, you can kick us off with just a little bit more about Guidewire and then sort of what the business challenge is that we were trying to face with this
2: yeah so for those that might not know guidewire is one of the industry leaders in the core system uh, space in the insurance in the pnc insurance industry super so property and casualty insurance carriers odds are if you've got a policy admin system or a billing system or a claim system the likelihood of it being guidewire is pretty high so it's one of the market leaders in that space And companies use it to kind of hit those core processes. And then they've got other things that help to expand it beyond that. So, you know, they're one of the leaders. We're a partner with them. We have a Guidewire practice. So we have a lot of clients. Uh, You know, we've got 60 different carriers that we work with. We have a lot of clients that use Guidewire as a product. So we bump into it quite a bit. And then, Steve, I might let you kind of go into well, why were we looking at security in Guidewire, and what what about the business challenges sort of intrigued us?
1: Yeah, so we we ran into an interesting use case. So, Guidewire is, is a pretty secure application from a you know automated threat perspective. From somebody actually breaking in, most carriers, if they're running Guidewire on their in their own data centers, they have it behind a firewall. Everything's um, TLS uh, encrypted, so there's an increasingly smaller and smaller chance of some kind of a technical break-in happening. But the business case that we came across is that there's really not a way to really know if you know a user's maybe credentials were compromised through some kind of social engineering, or if you know you might have kind of a situation where you have maybe a dissatisfied employee who has high high privileges in the system accessing it, and you'd never know. You know, somebody went in, tried to tried to view as much information as they could, copy as much sensitive information as they could, and then get out, and then and no one would really know. And you know, it would be tedious, but it would one of the ways that you know hackers through social engineering, or if somebody was dissatisfied, could could really get get access to a lot of sensitive customer information.
0: All right. So the overview of the of the. A security logging coverage—that's some way to tell what people have logged in, what data that they've hit in the system, right? Yeah, that,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a way through um, that conforms with Guidewire's framework, of being able to log what people are actually viewing on the UIs. It gets down to the level of all right if not just if they go to a certain screen but if certain in, but if that sensitive information is actually populated and visible for that person on the screen so you don't have an excess of logging it also gets into uh, logging when users change certain information because you could see maybe mm-hmm. situations where a user once once a check sent to them instead of a instead of a body shop <laughs> <laughs> and so they could change his address in the system and we would log that and say all right this address for this contact was changed by this user, and then you know someone could go back later and say, "Oh, that's where that money went." Right.
0: So like most ERPs track those sort of field level changes. Does Guidewire not? And that was a, a gap that we were trying to solve. Sorry, I'm not trying to pick holes at Guidewire. But is well, that, so is that, that I, what we were
1: trying to solve? Yeah, that was what we were pr- pretty much trying to solve here. I mean, it's not really. It is an enhancement on the current uh, guide wire security measures, okay. um, but it's not really a requirement that we, that I've seen that much, if at all, in the PNC insurance industry. Obviously, if you're doing any development for you know defense agencies or certain, certain under I- industries, that would be table stakes. You know, they they right. immediately have that have that part of their requirements, but it's not really something that we've seen so much in the PNC
2: insurance space. Yeah, one thing that we bumped into we were working with the CISO uh, of the company and and just kind of talking to him about what his challenges were and what he was trying to accomplish and where he was uh, limited. And it was almost forensics in nature, you know, and being able to, you know, either after the fact or, you know, after things happen. So it wasn't necessarily prevent things, but just getting an understanding of what's going on. And these things can be pretty nuanced. And that's where that's where the challenge comes in, because the obvious things like, you know, Steve, that Steve brought up changing the name of the payee or the address of the payee and getting a check sent to you are kind of the obvious things that are on everybody's radar. But some of the more nuanced things that you might not pick up, pick up on, he wanted the to have the ability to kind of go through logs and do some forensic activity. Um, or if you've got a suspicious person and you just kind of see what what has this person been up to, uh being able to go into that, so it was a little bit broader than just very specific things that needed to be logged. It was somewhat holistic, okay. and that's what we were trying to empower him to do, which was somewhat supplementary from what the product could do out of the box
1: right. and what And what, you know, the first step was, was to create some kind of audit trail that they could forensically audit if they had a breach. Mm -hmm. But now they're going beyond that and saying, all right, can we ingest these logs live with our log monitoring tool and be able to set up some rules saying like, okay, if I see a user logging in at 2 or 3 a.m. and and (laughs) viewing a bunch of records, can I have an alert and be proactive about that? Because that would be something that would be out of normal business operating. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it started out as just a way to to audit, but they're slowly building, you know, using these logs to in, in the in the existing um, logging tools that they have to to build out the capabilities. All right.
0: So this is something that we did with a client, I mean, the client's requirements. And is it something that uh, we've been able to take out and, you know, offer for other our clients? You mentioned a lot of different uh, clients of ours that are Guidewire users.
2: Yeah, in short, John, that that's the that's the idea. That's that's exactly what we want to do. So you know, we bumped into it. We had notions of it even prior to working with it with this client. But the idea was we think that this is beneficial probably to all of our clients. And not only that, you know, just the landscape of insurance right now. There's a lot of focus on security and digging a little bit deeper beyond just locking the right people out of the system. How, how do you take that next step? They're just kind of curious and looking for options. So we think it's gonna be compelling, uh, which is why we pulled it out and made it into kind of a framework, a logging framework that has the flexibility to do that. So that's, that's the plan.
0: Okay. So, you know, we didn't talk architecture very much. I'm going to push your technical uh, <laughs> technical chops here a little bit, but I know, Sean, you're always telling me you're technical. How easily does this framework slide in with with Guidewire? If somebody were implementing it, is this a, a big lift, a lot of customization, or is it broken by customization, that sort of thing?
1: No. So we, we do provide a, a few, like, framework logging classes that – you know, funnel all the logging through one class to, to so that the, the actual code that's needed to be added is very lightweight. And then we just have to uh, add in little one line calls here and there on different UIs that that display sensitive information and, and use a guide bar. Um, framework called pre update rules to, and that's the mechanism where we just kind of add one line in a mm-hmm. in a pre update rule to, to log edits to, to certain to certain sensitive fields. So it's very, very lightweight that the the code that we've developed for our framework resides in just a few classes uh, and is reusable by, you know, all these different um, one line code additions that you put into into UIs and into um, these pre-update rules in Guidewire.
2: Right. I mean, the criteria that we had going in, John, was what you worry about with a sort of massive logging kind of activity is. The impact it might have to performance. So, one of the good things about the sort of in system logging framework that GuideWire put in is they thought about that. You know, what would be the impact from a performance standpoint if you do a bunch of logging? You have to do it the right way. I mean, that's kind of what Steve was talking about, but it was, you know, lightweight in that sense and then scalable. Then the other thing that you worry about is the complexity, you know, how hard and how many changes are you introducing to the system just from a standpoint of logging? I mean, you don't want want to have a situation where you're taking the risk of breaking core functionality because you're logging core functionality. So that was the other aspect that we had to consider, you know, just from a framework standpoint, how simple would it be to go in and put this and what kind of risk are you taking when you put it into production?
0: Great. Great. Narendra, you want to jump in with any other questions here on this?
2: Yeah, I do.
3: Uh, Actually, uh, Steve, uh, you mentioned a little about the concept of abnormal activity and, you know, how it integrates with logging systems. So is it smart enough to know that, say, my credentials were phished or something and someone's got a hold of my credentials and there's abnormal activity going on from, say, some not a very common location, and someone's logging in.
1: So that's not something our logging framework does. It is. It is a something that with a log monitoring tool, like we do have a client that's investigating how to how to ingest these logs into their current log monitoring tool to be able to send alerts when you know it sees that you know there's some maybe fishy login activity at weird times when um, you know when maybe when somebody when you see somebody accessing like banking information or or tax ID information for lots of different users like repeatedly. That's certainly a capability, but that would have to be built out in whatever log monitoring tool is used at at, at the client. Okay. But, it, but it is something that, you know, the, the client that we're that we've worked with to put this in is currently implementing with their log monitoring tool.
3: Well, which was going to be my next question actually <laughs> is what are some of the common log monitoring? When you're talking about log monitoring, I'm assuming you're talking about like a SIM solution, like a security information event management system. So, do do our does our framework integrate? Because there are a lot of different log monitoring tools out there. Are we have we built it in such a way that it easily integrates with anything?
1: Yeah. So, the, the current um, way that the the framework spits out log files. You can you can change, you know, the actual text that's spit out to be whatever format the, any log monitoring tool can ingest right now with our with our pilot clients, we are having to change a little things make make the log file spit out JSON instead of instead of just some um, you know flat line of um, common delimited text, but very simple to change. It's just, you know, changing changing what string is is put into the log file so that whatever log monitoring tool um, can can easily ingest it might be XML JSON mm-hmm. fixed fixed width anything you know anything down the line but it's pretty okay. easy to to change that format per you know log monitoring tool that you encounter okay that's good
3: so it's not a very tightly coupled integration right it so it can pretty much all we're talking about is files that are feeding into these systems correct Right, exactly.
2: Most log monitoring tools that you buy off the market are going to give you very technical kind of log monitoring, right? So who is accessing the system and from where and what kind of inferences can you make from that? What this is doing is it's taking some of the business context of what's actually happening and why is it happening in the context of the business process. And it's providing similar type of information, but... In that context so now, if you think about it, what it's doing is it's making available along with your typical log monitoring information it's giving you business context information. So we knew when we did that that there was going to have to be a multitude of ways in which that information is consumed. You know it, it might need to be ingested by the log monitoring tool that you have so that it can do you know what it does best by kind of putting those things together but those are often very technical in nature in terms of what they're going to look like for use cases so we also knew that it might need to be consumed by you know a visualization dashboard it might need to be consumed by an ai model that you built so we tried to have something that was as consumable as many different areas as possible
0: right so at your pilot client you 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 finished this you rolled it out what was their experience? What did, what sort of feedback did you get?
1: Well, I mean, positive feedback. Right now, we're still working on making it as useful for them as possible. Right now, you know, they're still in the process of adjusting their log monitoring tool to be able to ingest it and get some of those real time alerts, um, real time business alerts. But right now, you know, as a as an audit tool, they're just glad to have it in place so that if they can, if they see that any any users' credentials were compromised, or anything else like that. They can go back and see. All right, what was accessed? What was changed? What uh, you know? What do we need to report out? Who do we need to contact to say your your information might have been compromised? Right. So so far, it's kind of an insurance
0: policy. hasn't uh, <laughs> We we haven't seen the the big payoff yet. Right. It's.
1: Or, or yeah, we I mean, a lot of it is. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's <laughs> almost like, you know, something where you don't really want to you don't really want to have to use it. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it is like an insurance policy. It's a good example. You know, you don't you never want to have to call up your insurance company to file a claim. So, yeah, this is just an insurance policy for now.
2: Yeah, and that's it, right. And, and so you get a lot of peace of mind in terms of the benefits initially. And I think that that appreciation was felt immediately but also you know this is an enabler of other things so the other way in which it's manifesting at least this early in the stage is it's starting to spark some ideas by our client right. like hey we've been asking for this for a while we've been trying to get it we're thrilled now that we have it it makes us feel good and now i've got all these ideas of how i want to use it so it's you know invoking a little bit of excitement and passion in that way as well
0: Right. Great. Well, that sort of leads to a few, you know, sort of what happens next sort of questions. So once it's in place, what does it take to maintain it? Anything? Or is it pretty much maintenance-free, or is there any sort of administration for
1: it? So there could be some administ- administration that needs to happen, say, if maybe a field is moved from one UI to another. I uh, just have to make sure that that call to, the, to our framework, you know, stays intact when you move that field. Not really that there's not really usually too much uh, changes like that that happen mm-hmm. once once a product goes goes live. But that is something that would need to be maintained. But you know, for if as long as the data model doesn't doesn't change, or, or the or the UI that's displayed on doesn't change, doesn't doesn't really be, need to be be maintained. Um, but if you if the client you know decide in the future, hey, I want this field is something I actually want to keep track of as well. They added, or they just thought that they they needed to keep track of this field. Now, you just need to add another another one line in the pre-update rules and the in the UI files to to log that.
2: Right. It's one of those things where it's kind of built for you to start small. It's a little bit of a spectrum. So let's say you only log one field, you're going to get a little bit of benefit from logging mm-hmm. one field. But then when you log the second, you start to get more benefit and you build almost a library of things that you can query. So it's meant to be something that you're continuously adding more and more things that you log to. And then when you do that, there are some maintenance things like you might have a breaking scenario like Steve described, but you also might just have some general hygiene scenarios of you know, now that you've got, once it gets really big, are you going to need to archive? Are you going to need to have some kind of noise reduction that, in the way that you query it? Mm-hmm. So those are things we think about. But in general, it's pretty lightweight in terms okay. of your ongoing maintenance.
0: All right. Now, you mentioned the your clients are already looking for new ways to use the data. What are you guys thinking of in terms of new things to do from a feature standpoint, other other things, where to take that framework? What ideas have you guys have?
2: Sean's Sean's grinning yeah. he's
0: got a whiteboard full of ideas right I
2: do it's endless <laughs> right I I think that there's <clears throat> there's a bit of a maturity model here like in, that you can walk through in terms of what you can do with it so we've already touched on a few of them but what this really is is it's providing some business context to you know the security organization from that angle So I think, you know, to me, the next logical thing is to start to work through some of those um, interrogation use cases and build those out as part of the framework, you know, whether that's some kind of dashboarding that we put on top of it or some kind of intelligent modeling that you can do against the data. But what we'd like to do is, you know, similar to what you see with traditional logging tools where they start to use the information to surface things. That's kind of where we're thinking that this goes next. Um, and then possibly some interactions with other, you know, core systems, the processes are, it's rare now that it's just one system where a full process goes through. So you know bring in, being able to bring information from a multitude of different systems and and bring it into one log those are the things we're looking at.
1: Gotcha,
0: Steve anything to add to that?
1: uh no, nothing really to add to that. I mean I think that Asham kind of hit the head on it that you know we're just focusing right now on the guide bar core systems, but you know there's there's so many different systems in the downstream where this incentive information is stored at some point. So you could have an ESB, you could have, you know, some um, some check writing systems, some document management systems. So there's many different places where sensitive data could be could be stored in clear text or or you know, otherwise available for 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 someone to, to look at. So yeah, getting getting the entire downstream systems covered would be would be a would be a goal for this.
0: All right, so uh, Narendra, any other questions before I hit our wrap up question?
3: Yeah, I did one one thought so we we've kind of identified a gap and we're trying to you know close that gap and enhance the business value for organizations in this sector. I was curious if you for some of our listeners if we were going to sum up like the top three things that would make them say hey yeah this is something that would probably fit, fit very well within our architecture. How would you characterize that in like top three?
1: Well, for one it, it here's to the to the guide wire to, to all guidewire coding practices. So it's very lightweight. Um, won't, won't affect performance. It's highly scalable. So you know you can start small, just just monitoring a few different fields, and build from that. Uh, and then thirdly, at the to, to think about that, I would say thirdly the you know the possibilities are kind of kind of endless once you once you get you know the in in kind of your crawl walk run capabilities. Maybe crawl is just having it there as an audit as an insurance policy. Walk is uh, being able to ingest into a log monitoring tool and then um you know run would be being able to um to take take whatever you get into that log monitoring tool and and analyze trends and see and see you know when you can actually see when something is going out of the baseline of use of normal user activity that's great
0: so how long has this project been going six months is a year long what's uh
1: it's been off and on for about for about six months um, okay it's been kind of a uh, project that we've worked with like like Sean said the chief information security officer at a at a company it's, it's had said it's starts and starts and stops mainly due to my availability oh but okay.
0: uh, right well and that's not how long I'll take an actual invitation that's just the bill right no. I get that but um, so I'm just trying to get a sense so six months into this, what have what have been some of the surprises, some of the things you've learned that you didn't think you were gonna gonna
1: find? Honestly, not a whole lot. I did work for GuideWire for 10 years, so I pretty much n- knew oh, how to how to how to how to implement this uh, the right way and what what the expected output would be. I guess I, I was actually surprised at the beginning that this wasn't something that that I'd heard about more or as a requirement more in the past. Mm-hmm. um because you know once you hear about it you're like oh yeah it's something that that you'd probably want to want to know is if if an actual authorized user is accessing the the system for for nefarious purposes it's it, it would be very hard for to do this kind of logging you know at the guidewire data model level because the um the way that that framework is is shipped it's it's all black box so it's very hard to like once you're pulling the data or updating data from the database to actually do this kind of logging it's almost impossible uh, but i was just kind of surprised myself that i'd actually never seen this requirement and before you know being with mm-hmm. guidewire for for 10 years in, in the in-house consulting group okay all right sean from your role as the uh,
0: you know grand imagining person or whatever, or whatever your title is exactly. Uh, I know your deep, deep insurance knowledge. What what surprised you? What, what, what surprising things did you learn?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm with Steve. So I, I had a similar reaction to Steve. And, you know, I've been through a lot of different core system transformations in my career. And looking back on it, I can recall situations where something like this would come up. And it would be quickly dismissed because it's really hard to fit in this type of a nuanced security requirement into scope. Mm -hmm. And what dawned on me is we did this and it came up. And really it came up because of some of the greater headwinds on security going on in in the insurance industry right now. Mm -hmm. But had that not happened, it's just something that gets lost. You know, the idea that you can go in and get some of this contextual information about what's going on beyond just, you know, who's logging into the system or is there an attack, uh, that type of thing. And it just dawned on me and was surprising to me that this doesn't come up, but it should. And when we did it, it really wasn't that hard to put in the framework and it was somewhat predictable and very useful. And it's one of those things you do and like, why didn't we do this sooner? And I think the why is because it just gets lost. So we're trying to bring awareness to it, I think, for that reason.
0: Okay, great. Uh, I think we're about to wrap up here. Just I'll throw one thing. Less, anything else that we should have hit on? Uh, any other things you'd want to share before we wrap up? Steve, anything that you're just dying to tell us and I haven't asked about?
1: I don't think so, actually. I think we covered most everything. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, Sean, any, anything that you are just dying to share?
1: No, no. Well, you know me. I'm not
2: shy. I share it all <laughs> the way. <along> the way.
0: <laughs> this has been Couch Convos, Centric Biz and Tech Talks. Thanks to Steve Drips and Sean Neban for joining us today, and to Narendra Sundaram for co-facilitating our discussion. And thank you for listening.